intro always gets me grooving always makes me feel good i'm actually you know this is welcome to dynamite download everybody you got the fresh early morning get your cup of coffee out have a little sip of coffee with us good morning talk, talk a little aw dynamite you know last night's show you had to be a hardcore fan i know that the, the audience and the views will be nitpicked to death spd but yeah. you had to be a hardcore fan to watch the show live last night um, and you know, you got paid, repaid for that. You got to see a big match feel out of Hager and Wardlow. Um, we're, you know, we're here just relaxing, kicking it this morning, rocking our heel and baby face shirts. You know, you our got new the- fresh merch from Dynamite Download, baby face and heel, and throw up that mug too, man. That is an Mark, awesome mug. But Mark merch right here, right there. All Mark- cartoon wrestling helped us out with that awesome cartoon. If MJF, was, if, if MJF was watching, he he just closed it out. Mark Merch. Oh, my God. Mark you know? yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to have some breaking the- news later that we're going to have. A, oh, and I got my uh, top guy stash going with the scruff and stash, you know, FTR style for sure, which we'll talk Love about that. later. Yep. And, you know, at, at the cusp of it, we talk about the news in the AEW, you know, last week or all the news that was released. Um, maybe we should jump on the, the bandwagon train and get some dynamite download Bitcoin for sure. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, with MJF becoming a, his own cryptocurrency. And last That's night I was crazy. watching Dynamite and I was like, man, I'm kicking myself. I didn't get, you know, I didn't get it. That you should get it. I mean, I, when I said, like I said to you, I, when when uh, I sent it to you, it was two dollars and sixty cents. I got it right when it was at three o'clock. And yeah. I was like, maybe I'll buy it. But then I laughed at it. I was like, this guy's just a jerk. I'm not gonna he's do a it. Fuck. He's a mark. Yeah. And so, um, but you know, he's proven that you know MJF is money. That guy knows what he's doing. If I mean, if you could buy stocks in a company, why not buy it in a star and a commodity like him? It's already up over to like eight, over eight or nine dollars, depending on when you check it. So that's a good return on investment. I think that that you know he's actually I'm team team uh, heel, team heel. MJF is leading the way, smart guy, and he could be paving the path for other superstars. I think that that could. Yeah. If, you, if DMD had a Bitcoin, I'd be buying some. You know, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you'd be yeah, all in. But you know, you got You got to see certain stars. You know, when the when stocks are rising. And uh, it's, I mean, it's the truth. MJF is a young commodity. If this really goes over, it's very interesting. So talking about MJF and guys that are kind of going off like in the inner circle and this pinnacle feud, um, Hager versus Wardlow SPD. We got a little bit of, uh, you got this, this was the main, to me, it was Wardlow week. Um, What a, a headliner of that. And they started off dynamite with that show, with that match. Yeah, and let's just, you know, I just threw up the the kind of the generic match card, but let's just start dive right in because this was uh, you know, I know unfortunately we got a, 
the 10 o'clock hour, which is not necessarily the best for, for the casual viewer, as Bonds and I discussed in the opening. But, you know, Hager versus Wardlow to kick things off made so much more sense. AEW did such a good job with the presentation of this, uh, the execution of this. I almost think they – I wish they had more of a build to this because this is such a – to me, a monumental match mm. in the landscape of professional wrestling, like the crossover. Yes, we've had wrestlers crossover to go both MMA and and or UFC, even you know whatever you know company it is, and into wrestling. But to put an MMA fight on a wrestling show, um, obviously Wardlow is not a professional MMA fighter, but he definitely stood his ground. I mean, this this was f- fantastically done. I, I wish that what I was talking about in terms of the build. I wish they did almost like a weigh-in as well mm. and make it feel like that big fight feel that it was because it mm. is a big fight feel. Mm. Also, this is a main event worthy match, but mm-hmm. putting it first in that prime demo time made sense to lead things off. Uh, it was done so well. I mean, the announce team did a really cool job. I liked how they picked one person and Jericho's in the corner and all that. Mm, I um, like that too. Yeah. Everything about it. I think it, it was executed very well. I really, really enjoyed this match. Um, what did you think of the match or just the whole presentation of it? Um, I'll let you talk about that. And then I want to, you know, add a few more comments before I steal all the thunder. No brother. Um, I'm just sitting back here nodding. You know, I, I feel like I couldn't agree with you more. I think you nailed it. Um, reading, reading Bonds's column. He talks a lot about that too. You know, he talks about how this was presented in a way that, you know, it was a big fight feel sure. having, having, uh, spears in Wardlow's corner, um, and having Jericho come out and supporting Big Jake uh, Hager, that was a really nice presentation. I liked that vibe, but I think that you nailed it. I think that you're right on the money. Um, you know, it, and it only accentuates the underlying message is that every time Wardlow is involved in something, it yeah. feels important in AEW. And so for that, AEW has done a really great job in, in preserving Wardlow's mystique and aura and almost making him feel like a Brock Lesnar, right? Where big, big, big fight Brock. Um, you know, I feel like, the, you know, the one thing that you, you hit as far as a way that this could have been even better mm-hmm. is like you said, and, and this is, I love the presentation. The octagon looked fantastic. For everything sure. about it. I agree with everything you said, but I agree with you. Why not milk this and stretch it out, milk right. it and stretch it out into something where you could see a way in, devolving mm-hmm. into a fight on sure. an episode of dynamite why not why would you not lean into that you know build that excitement and, and make it feel that much more important because this is this is an epic match in the big for picture sure of this war right yeah i mean this was i i want more of this this was obviously like a dream match you know the two hosses of both both teams for sure. Um, but, you know, uh, the commentator did a great job. You know, we kind of predicted, you know, this is Jake's home turf, yes, you know, for right. sure. And so we're looking yep. here at the the newly released, uh, if you're listening to this, Bonds' article is up on awdynamitedownload.com already. And Bonds mm-hmm. does agree, uh, you know, like what I would say is Hager's more experienced in the ring. But, you know, just judging this as a, uh, a fan and maybe more like uh, – analytical like the first round i think the way it ended mm-hmm. it went to warlow i mean and i think that was great to play that it would have been cool to see like them go three rounds just the distance but i know timing is a little bit different and in, in three five minute rounds plus breaks and all that but right you know they did a great you could tell 
Hager was kind of holding back just a little bit, you know, because you know he's professional and smooth. You know, he wasn't going all the way through with the punches. He wasn't going all the way through with the kicks. But Wardlow did a great job uh, selling and a great job absorbing these heavy hit, heavy blows for sure. I mean, Wardlow was so impressive in the ring to me because he, he had that extra mix of – he threw in that wrestling back stuff. He threw in those – those throws, those almost those suplexes, that Superman punch off the, you know, the power the bomb into the steel cage. Yeah, right? so like he was throwing was those extra things, and and that gives us the big fight feel of uh, of a Brock Lesnar esque type of wrestler with Wardlow when he's always in the ring, and so, and then you see Wardlow throw a freaking Hurricane Rana, in which I don't even think we've ever seen him do before yet, and so. It was just so well done uh, for both guys. Props to them. I think the finish was perfect. Um, you have Jake use a signature move, which now, they that's showed a controversial, some. That's a controversial take, though, because you know you it's it's you have a big dog like Wardlow getting choked out. I mean, right. that's that's a big visual, right? We've seen that happen, and it hurt performers in the past when we've seen Lance get choked out. If we've seen Brody Lee get choked out, you know, it, we've talked about that. Where like, does that yeah. hurt the mystique and the aura? of a dominant big man, but I agree with you. This is Hager's signature move, right? This is, right. this is like him hitting the one winged angel in True. the, in, in his version of, of MMA. Good right. And, and, and so when you dial that in, mm-hmm. I think it, I think that this was perfectly done. They highlighted how war dog is one and oh, going into this match against Hager. Yeah. This, this now ties it up one-to-one. The two hosses of the, the inner circle and the pinnacle are tied and then it sets the stage for the rubber match. And that, SPD, I, I hope that if they learn one thing from this match, see how successful and how hot the crowd was for this, how how well these two guys work together, and lean into it. A crayfish specialty, lean into it. Um, you got to lean into that build and make that rubber match feel epic. They're ju- these two guys are just on the cusp of respecting one another and of and, we, and they the, were this was something that i'm starting to see play out in this feud we I'm, bonds talks about it in his column he and i have a lot of similar takes i you know i've known him since he was born so it's not a surprise you wiped his ass a, a couple times yeah um but uh <laughs> now you're sounding like kenny omega um so now i i got it like Honestly, they're showing signs of respect that is starting to play out. Sure. We see it later on in the tag promo. You see it here sure, where it plays out where Hager and Wardlow almost kind of bump fist. Mm-hmm. And then Sean Spears, the, the chairman, the wild man that he is, interrupts all that and just sneaks in and gets the attack in. But if that rubber match, if you build that to a respect match and you build that to a type of sure. fight, you know, last man standing, you do something, build into an element where both these guys prove to each other that neither one's going to quit, neither one's going to go down. I think that could go a long way. And and almost building – I think what would be beautiful is this this uh, feud between the inner circle and the pinnacle. Although they, they, they hate each other, mm-hmm. they learn to respect each other in some ways. Like, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of meat on the bone with that. I never even forward. thought about how, how that kind of would – not necessarily end, but kind of come to like a gentleman's agreement. Like they're just beating the snot out of each other, trading wins, and just they're they're being they're all elevating them each other, which we saw. We'll talk about later about the promo with the the tag Iron teams. sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron, and that is. A but yeah, that, that would be a nice way time. to 
maybe they ultimately turn on everyone turns on MJF and be like, no, we're we're all you know, because MJF is not going to show any respect to anybody. You would love and, that, wouldn't you? But anyways, but the end of the match, uh, of course, you had to have some stuff. But it was so it was such a cool moment where you almost thought like, oh, they're going to handshake, they're going to do you know, be cool, whatever. And then of course, the salt of the earth comes in and ruins everything. Uh, Sean Spears comes in and ruins it. Uh, and then Sammy to save the day, which quickly and deservedly becoming one of the, the hottest pops, biggest pops, hottest baby faces uh, in the company. And so we're going to see, we'll talk about later, uh, the main event that we've been wanting for for months and months and months, yep. Sammy Guevara versus MJF and called it you know, yep. on a show months ago that this could be a chance for Sammy to uh, get MJF his first loss. I hope so, but I almost think it might be too soon for that. For no, to take the loss, but no. I don't know. You think it's coming? No, I think that it has to happen. I think that okay. this is going to be, bro. Especially was, what's going on on the Twitter spats. I was loving this every bit of it. I was loving it. Um, I think that this is the feud that is going to like both these guys. You got to remember are young cats. MJF sure. and Sammy are both star like young stars in their own right. Um, very early on, when you see Sammy Guevara break onto the scene in AEW, you yeah. know you saw what Jericho sees in him. It's it's obvious. Um, and when Jericho puts his stamp of approval on someone as sure. firmly as he did with Sammy, it's from day one. From day one, um, I I think that this is like this is the money feud for for the singles side, and then you know. As the tag team guy, I'm Jones and about FTR versus Santana Ortiz. But when you think about how young these two kids are and how, how much potential both these guys have, right. how great they are at working social media, how great they are at cutting promos on the mic, both these guys have it. MJF and Sammy are the real deal. I, I think that this is going to be the, the way that you ultimately, dude, MJF needs to be humbled. It has to happen. And if it's Sammy Oof. Guevara that, that does it, that's going to catapult Sammy into another stratosphere. I think that AEW recognizes what they have. You need to have a great heel, and you need to have a great baby face. And they have that with Sammy and MJF. MJF is automatically checks the box. Anytime that he goes into a feud, he checks the box as the dynamite heel in that feud. He gets heat no Does matter he what. He'll do anything to get heat. Um, he's proven that. <laughs> Clearly. And, and, and Sammy, unfortunately, I mean, he like he's shown – He's getting. He's the one at this side right now who's getting that from from MJF. That he, he sees what MJF's willing to stoop to, and it's going to push Sammy. I think that this is like AEW is going to see these are two young, and they're doing it across the board in their company, sure. betting on young talent. Right. You know, it, it's it's really exciting to see. It really is. I mean, I I am so excited. I mean, we Bonds talked a little bit about of other companies and their quote unquote young talent, but these are like homegrown guys. And yes. to headline, um, I, we talked about it in our pre-show as well. Like after tonight, it's full throttle back yeah. to live shows. Buckle almost, up. Yeah. Just that's our new slogan for this, this era of dynamite download is buckle up because we are in for it. Once the, the two, once the ground gets going and the payment hits going, the tour buses are going the show qualities. I mean, all the matches that got announced for the upcoming next two shows are just pay-per-view quality matches. And since we're talking about it, I know going a little uh, out of order. I want to talk about the pride proud and powerful and FTR segment. Cause we're on the topic of top guys and we're on the topic of the pinnacle and the inner circle. And so we saw just before the main event, 
two heartfelt, respected promos mm -hmm. by, you know, our resident two top teams that we love. You know, Young Bucks are great, but that being said, in terms of work ethic, storytelling, uh, mustaches, I mean, we're talking <laughs> in-ring work, in-ring work uh, stuff. We got yeah. Proud and Powerful and FTR, yeah. two, guy, two teams that are top guys, as they say, top of their game. You I will. thought this promo was great. It gives us more of a, a background, get, you know, grounds them a little bit um, more than, you know, maybe the casual fan hasn't, you know, gone in and watched some of the road twos or any of the BTs or anything like that. Uh, but this allows, had gave, gave them ample time to talk about their uplifting and it's setting the stage for quite an epic battle. Yep. Yeah, and it's so funny because both these teams, for me as the tag team nut, I, I think what's great to see is both these teams, you know, at their core, heel or babyface right. don't really apply to them because, you know, even though FTR has have done some dastardly awful things in their career, Santana and Ortiz have done equally as nasty and dirty things. People want to forget how sure. – now that, now that the inner circle are babyfaces, people want to forget Santana and Ortiz – those guys are nasty. They they will go go through hell and back um, for for what they love, and that's the common theme between these two th these two teams. These two teams will go through whatever it takes for for the love of their of the business, and, and it's sure. obvious in what they do. They love professional wrestling. Yeah. These guys, the both sides are absolutely so seamless and polished and, and like being proud of being a tag team. You know, I, I think for a long time in North American wrestling with WWE owning that narrative, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a secret. Vince is not huge on tag team wrestling. He never has been and he never will be. It's not his thing. He thinks that singles is where it's at. That's the Hulk Hogan, John Cena's and Roman Reigns's of the world, those types. Right. Sure. And, and, there is a counterculture to that that goes deep into the roots of pro wrestling that says, no, no. Tag team wrestling has a place in the forefront of this business. Tag team wrestling is something that when done right yeah. is can tell the best stories that you'll ever see, period. Because you 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 know you get four amazing competitors working off each other you get deeper stories you get these yeah. and in this story between FTR and and San Antonio Ortiz it touches on what i talked about in the Hager and Wardlow fight you got two sides iron sharpens iron and they push each other to be better and i think that this match between these two teams and you're talking about already dude two of the best tag teams in the world going wow. against each other in a in a variety of formats and yeah. then eventually getting into the ring. It, this is going to be, you know, you saw FTR go against Santana Ortiz in a bar fight. Um, and, and I think that when we get this into the ring, FTR is going to come into the match saying, this is our territory. This is where we, this is where we get our work done. And we've seen the inner circle versus the pinnacle pivot in different mm -hmm. formats to play to different strengths. I think that this is going to be an opportunity where the top guys I know that there's a lot of people out there that want to see Santana Ortiz take the belts off of the Bucks. It's something we talked a lot about. Yeah. Um, I just I think that the that FTR right now and Santana Ortiz, both of these guys are going to take this feud to a, a level of tag wrestling that we are just going to be geeking out about left and right, man. The the, the promo that, that at Dynamite um, is only a, a taste of what could happen 
when you see these guys get a promo, like it's like a only a only a slurp. I mean, honest to God, man. You, I mean, am I am I geeking out too much here? I mean, this is I, I know that I love tag team wrestling, and I, maybe I'm waxing poetic about it, but I just think that these two teams have the potential to really make something special. I really do believe that. I, I no, think that I, I'm geeking out too, for sure. I mean, you have AEW's stacked of tag teams, and you have the, the top guys right now, the Young Bucks, who can walk the walk, talk the talk. But you have four guys with Santana, Ortiz, Dax, and Cash who clearly can talk the talk, walk the walk, and be put in any single element. And now, I mean, more than ever, fans are behind all both teams. And yep. I think this is – they're striking why the iron's hot. FTR is absolutely the top of their game. PMP is absolutely the top of their game. This is going to be pure gold, and hopefully we see mo a lot of matches with these two teams and ultimately leading to maybe a number one contender grudge match. Yeah, and then the number one contender can then dethrone the Bucks. So cool. maybe trade a you know like a best of three kind of yes. like we're we're gonna see uh, down that. So you can milk the feud and then ultimately have the the top be paid off a big ultimate payoff for sure. So I think maybe you have FTR throwing one of their elements, whether it be ground upon in the ring, Santana throwing one of theirs, maybe a street fight, dog fight, parking lot fight again, and then ultimately have that one. The double or nothing to get the number one contender because both teams are ranked. They are, and and there needs to be something to happen in the tag division. We've talked about it, and Bonds talks about it in his booking by Bonds this week. You know, there has to be someone to clearly emerge as the team that are going to take down the Bucks with the way that the Bucks have their 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 run has been. It's been blinded by a lot of uh, you know right. cold spray and and outside interference. Um, and so it's it, it, yeah. it, it, like, but the fact remains they have run through the tag division, and and True. I think that like right now the acclaimed and the and varsity blondes, I know that they're those two teams are battling it out over you know who the number one contender should be. Mm -hmm. um, the blondes, I, I believe, right now are sitting number one, and the acclaimed are number two. And the blondes, you know, when I look at how they lost. They lost due to Brandon Cutler clearly interfering in that match. So I get why you know they want to have that claim, and I think that works short term. But right. I agree with you, SPD. Long term, if you milk this feud between Santana and Ortiz and FTR, and you have these two teams go to war with each other, the team that comes out standing in that looks like the team that could finally have the rub to beat the Bucks. And, and sure. you know, right now. And as a fan of both teams right now, the, the momentum, the tidal wave, the the, the fan love oh. is all in on Santana Ortiz. They're on fire. And I think a lot of that strikes to, you know, we've always known Ortiz has that over-the-top amazing personality. We love when he does the best, the best, the best. We always love how his swagger and his personality. But Santana has really emerged Oh yeah, um, as, a, as a bona fide star kind of i mean like you see a lot of these things happen naturally in tag teams and, and that again plays on the iron sharpens iron when you have a sure. friend a partner who you can lean on you want to be better because of the, and make their lives better you want their career to get better you want that, you know, like and, and they work off of each other and i think santana is absolutely killing it right now um and i think a no-nonsense santana and ortiz going against Oof. fresh off of a war with ftr right 
Right. They can they can look at the elite and, and like and the Bucks and it's like you got these guys who have been cheating and like kind of doing like all this like silliness with the danglies and all this stuff. You can have the the young Bucks like over the top uh, personalities going head to head with no nonsense, street tough, gonna whoop your ass, uh, fresh off of a war with FTR Santana and Ortiz Great. in Bro- in in New York, right in New York. I think that's a home run, man. I think Santana Ortiz, I, I agree with you 1,000% SPD. Put Santana Ortiz in a war with FTR. Let them come out on top in the end, and then let them dethrone the Bucks. We're booking right here. Oh, booking, yeah. Booking by Booking by Dynamite SPD. Download, that's yeah, for so sure. I like it. So speaking of booking, that brings a booking by Bonds. Oh, is a God. huge Bonds Team Taz mark for sure. Taz. <laughs> so we got to talk about Team Taz. <laughs> we got to talk about a quick Team Taz promo and then Hangman's response. You know, it was surprising. You know, in typical Team Taz fashion, uh, you know, they're they're eerie orange prom- orange light promos. But I was surprised that they kind of like picked out picked on ricky starks like what are you doing get your head out of your butt essentially like you left him hanging you caught you know how is hobbs gonna beat these guys two or you know one on two um but then ultimately we got the challenge made for hangman versus hobbs next week you know hoss versus hoss almost and yeah. um where we're we gonna see I, I think we'll we'll finally see cage which we're anxious to see uh, make another appearance, and you know I do not want to be in Ricky Ricky Starks' shoes after slapping the sh- out of Brian Cage. That slap was heard around the arena, I'm sure, and then some. That was quite the slap to the face that uh, K- uh, Starks gave Cage. But this is this episode of Dynamite was so great, was because there's so many different storytelling, so many different feuds, and this was another one. I was looking at the match card with Bonds in our pre-show. And you look at everything on the card, there's no kind of like crossover feuds. Everything was like its own standalone. And, you know, sometimes you get the blend of like two Team Taz matches, two Elite matches, two Inner Circle Pinnacle matches. But it was all standalone. And it, that just shows how deep of a, a they're roster. Ready. They're ready for Rampage, bro. Yeah, they're deep ready. of uh, storytelling that they got. And yep. this, this was another element of it. I mean, right. we didn't have – I mean, Hangman – and the Dark Order and Team Taz, like that's such a, a vital part to AEW, and it was barely featured on the show in a show that was so strong tonight. And so Hangman versus Hobbs next week or um, coming up is going to be great story, and I, I really hope we really start to push much faster than we want uh, Brian Cage turning on Team Taz because I think it'll be awesome. Yeah, Brian Cage as a, as a face is going to be a home run. I mean, we we know yeah. that's going to happen. SPD, I feel like. The way this pro this promo played out, you know, it you mentioned you were surprised that they went in at Ricky Starks. If you if you yeah. for me, Hobbs went in after Ricky Starks, right? And this is mm-hmm. this is, goes into what Booking by Bonds has talked about, where it's like Hobbs Hobbs saw Ricky their drama, Team Taz's inner drama, caught left him hanging in a two on one match, and he lost, and he had to get he had sure. to take he had to take some powerful moves in the process. I'm sure. So Hobbs called it out. Watching it back and have fresh allowing myself this morning, having a little cup of coffee and thinking about it, Taz kept directing it away from that. And, and I think that there's a lot of like what's you know what I see is going to happen next week, at least from an outside looking in and the way this story is going to go. I do think that you're right. Brian Cage is going to get it. I think this match was presented as a one-on-one, man-to-man match between sure. Hobbs and Hangman. I think Ricky Starks 
can't avoid being Ricky Starks, and he's gonna get <laughs> in. He's gonna come out, and he's gonna tr- and he's gonna get involved. And Cage is then gonna come ringside, and then again, it's gonna further this story that Bonds talked about in his booking by Bonds segment. Mm-hmm. That Hobbs is almost negatively impacted by the drama of his team that he called True. out this week, and he's gonna get tired of it. And so I think that there's, you know, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, that is going to be an, a, a money feud. When you have a guy like Starks who can talk the way he can talk Oof. and a guy like Cage who can walk the way that he can walk in the ring, that's going to be a home run. Um, but I, I see the way that this the, – the writing is on the wall. Um, the writing is on the wall for this one, folks. And it's it's obvious. The, te- the, the way that they're going to play out Team Taz falling apart is Hobbs is going to get sick and tired of him taking the L's Right. Because of his teammates fighting with each other, you got Starks and Cage immediately set up against each other. I feel like Hook is going to be loyal to to uh, to Starks, and then like that's they're going to break off and do their own thing. You got Hook who can always just be in the segments and help Starks out, cheap right. shots. I like that. I like what Team Taz is building here, and and, and SPD. You know, we talk about the way that AEW books long term storytelling. This is going to be a feud. This is the 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 falling apart of team Taz has been going on for a long time. Yes, it has. And I think that now we're starting to see it makes sense why we're on the precipice of it. Why we're so excited for that them to rip the bandaid off and, and just let it go. Um, I think that like when you get to see cage finally emerge as that baby face, yep. it's going to be money uh, live crowds for cage. Um, when he's going head to head against Team Taz, is going to be gonna go over. on point. Yeah, he's definitely going to go over. Yep. Um, next match we talk about is the handicap match, which was kind of we all, I guess, didn't really expect. Uh, I, I mean, I thought and Bonds kind of agreed that we would have some kind of assistance for Darby, maybe some kind of run in or some anything to really help him because, in typical Darby Allen match fashion, you know, he did take the, it was he had some high spots which were fun. But it was, you know, Excalibur said it the best. He's like, how much more can Darby take? And which yeah. is a common thread that we say in each Darby match. Like, they both said it. And I think even JR mentioned something like that as well. Um, you know, this match, it is, it told, it had its place. And Darby really, you know, showed well and what he was made of. And, but man, that guy is such a crash test dummy. I say it over and over again. Darby, it's almost like, Derby Darby because he's like, you know, demolition derby with some of his matches because getting him thrown out of the ring, getting him thrown into the ring post, which he almost got decapitated. Um, it was fun. It's it's good that Darby's feuding with Sky and Paige because it's really getting a chance for Paige to show his real dominant strength. Oh, when yeah. He does this e- the ego edge, man. He can just throw him across the whole ring. Clearly, he threw him just into launch the crowd. Him. I mean, launch and, him, right? And it's really elevating Paige's is um, in ring so, look and yeah. persona and everything about it. Being able to just show that strength, man. And so when he was throwing him all around, I was like, damn, this is this is great. This is great. But yeah, Darby is constantly. Never give up attitude, which I do like. I know you are the conductor. You don't, and, don't, you're the yeah, conductor so don't and the caboose of Darby. Yeah, so let me but, let me jump in because I'm not going to let you disparage him any further. Huh. Um, you know, I think like you know, SPD. Let me ask you how would you how would you like to see Darby's character presented? Because I mean, and you have a guy who's you know maybe what 160 soaking wet, 
They I mean, call it, they you, fill him at one seventy, which is okay. a generous one seventy. So, so yeah, so you what? How would you like his matches to go? Would you like him to go in there and just like have eight fifty sixty percent offense, seventy percent offense because of his star power against a guy like Ethan Page? No, that the answer is no. Yeah. You have to allow him to lean into what makes him successful, what makes him who he is, True. what makes him unique. He is a, in a he is such an underdog in the landscape of of giants. All right, and like. You know, people. You like. There are a lot of people who make jokes about Marco Stunt. There are a lot of people who have t- made jokes about Spike Dudley in the past. There are a lot of young, small guys that are in pro, pro wrestling, and you have yeah. to be. It's not about the size of the, the dog in the fight. It's about the f- size of the fight in the dog. And yep. you have you have to believe that and bleed that. And as a heel, I I'm shocked that I need to lecture you on this. <laughs> but Darby is. Darby, the reason why he exists, the the only reason why he exists and has been a TNT champion and is one of the faces of this company is because of the fighter that he is. So I'm sorry. Like, I love the story of, of Darby Allen's the way he's presented it's it's like rocky it's like the, the what captivates people about the ultimate underdog who will get his ass kicked but will not quit Will not give up. I do like that for sure. I, I like and, the and never give up attitude, and it's so perfect for the the audience and the the face. Like you said, the face. So to see this young guy or young small person essentially get bullied by these big bullies and just constantly get up, get up, get up, get up. Uh, I think the only thing that I mean, I do like his offense when he has it. You know, I love the coffin drop and awesome. his, his stuff. He, I mean, he never goes through the motion. Darby's and always all in. And that's and what I do rapid. like about him. His pace is so his pace fast. Is stuff. The only you know, thing that really fan, I don't like yeah. is the roll-up stuff. The roll-up cheap wins. Yeah, but that's but if you're him, wouldn't you want to win the match? Like if you could, you want to do you'd want like you want to have a long match with a guy like Ethan Page when you're him? No, you want to try to sneak a W in. You want to try to get the best of the situation, right? I don't I mean, like sneaky wins. I, I know you don't. I That's always been a pet peeve of yours, but it's part of the game. It's part of the True. game. If you ain't cheating, you ain't Time trying. To play the game. I'd love him to grab the part of the tights too, brother. I'd love that too. Why not? I love it. Right. But as, the, as, as the choo-choo, I'm, I'm loving what's – and the thing is with Darby, maybe you got tired of it because he was a fighting champion in TNT. And as the TNT champion, right? He was a fighting champion. He fought over and over and over again. And maybe you saw, you were starting to get a little Darby fatigue from seeing that type of that type of formula play out so often. But dude, this was a handicap match. This was a handicap match, and he went in against a, a wrestling savant in Scorpio Sky and a guy who I've been preaching from from the get-go is going to be a, a person that people look back on and say that right. is a huge signing for AEW. Ethan Page is a, sure. a, a future right. superstar. He went in the ring with a two-on-one, and I think the story was so compelling. The offense that he got in, I was I was glued to the screen watching this. The way that he was pinned, and, and again, to your point, it's we should switch shirts for this segment. <laughs> to your point, Ethan Page looked looked like a million bucks in this match, bro. I mean, his strength was on full display. Mm-hmm. He he was taught when when he was letting his anger out and, and when he was getting frustrated. I loved moments like that. Right when Scorpio Sky comes in, gets in on a hot tag. Right, he comes in and Darby has to tag himself in. Right, right. and Scorpio walks in and has a little bit of that swagger to him. You start to see, all right, like this dude's got like. 
both sides, and this is one of the things that I've been trying to preach when I've what I've seen on AEW television a lot lately. Both sides look better at the end of this segment. Both sides come out looking better. I, I you know, you you had a clear winner. You didn't have a cheap win. You had a clear winner. Scorpio Sky and Ethan sure. and, and, and uh, Ethan Page won this matchup clearly. Like it was pretty emphatic. That, that Eagles Edge was pretty badass. Um, turnbuckle but, to turnbuckle, pretty much. But Darby came out looking even better, and you have more. You have more of a love for what that guy stands for. Sure. That you want to root for him that much harder. Um, I think both. This was an absolutely. I loved this matchup. I, I know you were. You can sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. You have sold me on a lot of people, and you're 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 making a a convincing case, and you're starting to get me on the the Darby train a little bit. But I'm still not all the way on. My I don't have my ticket bought. But just just before we switch into the next segment, give us a little. Doo -doo, doo -doo. All the board, the Darby Express, Express, baby. You know it. <laughs> oh man, I know. I I'm not giving up on Darby. And thank you. Uh, you make very good points. Um, I'm just being overly critical because I I used to be such a huge Darby fan, uh, and then it kind of fizzled out. But we'll and talk me, about let, more. Let, let me yeah. jump in here, right? Yes. Because I feel like you felt the same way about Orange Cassidy too. At points, you yeah. worried about him falling through the cracks, right? Exactly. And, and I think that this is where you have to look at what AEW is doing, SPD, as your friend, mm -hmm. even just as a, as a as a buddy. Look at what they're doing. These two guys are both heavily Similar. gimmicked. They're both heavily gimmicked persona, personas, yeah. right? They're both smaller guys, similar size builds. Their offense, the way their matches play out, you know, they get those sudden bursts of offense. They come in and they get those surprise, right. the, the sneak up, and the mouse trap. I know drives you crazy. Um, but the way that they are, they're very similar, SPD. And I feel like when you see that formula play out over and over and over again, sure. you can get fatigue. And I understand why you get worn out. Like Darby, when he was f defending week after week, and you saw, okay, my our TNT champion's getting tossed around, I understand why you started to get like worn out by that. Right. Orange Cassidy was starting to feel like he was slipping through the cracks. They've moved him from a main event match with Kenny Omega now into straight into like a a group feud but a kind of a comedy feud this one I know is going to be controversial but I thought this worked I thought this worked really well I thought that the wingmen paired they 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 really were a nice fit against the Orange Cassidy and best friends I really liked this I completely agree so uh I wish you were on our pre-show because Bonds and I kind of dissect this one pretty good you know talk about making chicken soup out of chicken out of, you know what yep the wingmen are taking every opportunity they have and running with it and flying with it no pun intended because honestly like four guys you know pretty peter avalon and cesar benoni have kind of been pairing up for a while but then you add nemeth and jd drake it's kind of like this odyssey kind of group that doesn't work, but works yep. very well. And yep. this this whole even thing, even commentary I, was saying, you know, these guys couldn't be more different. Like, how right. do they how do they fit in together? You have, you know, pretty Peter Avalon, who was the librarian, kind of like, right. you know, he's he's his own story on himself. Sure, you know, the Hollywood hunk, who's you know that very traditional like pretty boy, bad guy, cocky, arrogant guy, um, hilarious. JD Drake, who's you know, you got the you know, the you and I like the to southern do, guy that's rough and tough, right? And then you got Cesar Bononi, this Brazilian big behemoth, 
Stud. It, it, it's really funny to see them. Like, just the visual of that group alone is funny. And then you get to see, you know, dude, Pat, Peter Avalon is pretty funny as a character. He's pretty compelling. Like, as, you know, in, in this format, when you have a big guy like Cesar in your team and you have the numbers advantage and stuff, this was actually pretty hilarious, right? <laughs> I found myself laughing at points out loud. That I thought visual- it was. Yeah, this is this visual is hilarious. I mean, the pre promo was awesome. We're gonna make you pretty, Cesar yeah. and, <laughs> and then the fact tan. that they were doing, you know, oh, anytime he got it. knocked out to the ringside, they were doing makeovers, the hair, the spray tan, the jacket. I thought that was pure genius and comedic. It's funny. It was so oh. well done. I mean, yes, it could maybe get a little over the top, but there was a lot of like. A lot of different things going on in this match. I and love the, at The ringside shenanigans from the wingmen worked very well. It was a nice change of pace, and I think it'll work really well with live audiences as well. But I would, you know, stand out honestly like Cesar. You know, I'm itching for this big man to to show his size and use his size, and he was yeah. showing. This was probably one of the better matches he's had in AEW to date because he was using his big man strength. He was using his big man stuff. I mean, they call it, they said he had the hoss toss or something like that. The announcers, which I thought that was really cool. Yep. And so he's looking really strong. And, and he, yeah, I think standing you know, in he, the he's ring starting to get more ball. polished and looking against Orange Cassidy. He sold that Superman punch. Uh, Orange Cass- Cassidy went on like quite a ru- quite a run for sure. And I love that kind of like almost cheerleader tandem, huge flying out of the guys in, on the ringside uh, with Orange Cassidy to kind of clear him out, but. It was pretty comical, man. I, I think <laughs> it was uh, surprising. I was kind of su- – last week when they announced this, I was a little bit surprised at uh, the booking of it. But the way this panned out, I was I was pleasantly enjoyed it, and it was a lot of fun, and it was a home run to me. I love that all three of us give this this segment an elite because when you're when you're when you're looking at the way this feud this match could have been it could have been an absolute train wreck and I think it was sure it was an example AEW knows how to do comedy pretty well I think that like the stuff with the stuff with the makeover had me genuinely laughing um, yeah that that it, visual that you gave at the end where Peter Peter was holding Cesar I was genuinely laughing out loud I think that AEW is pretty pretty darn good with comedy overall. Um, one thing that I've noticed that they're not necessarily good at though is protecting their big men. And mm. yeah, I, I've that's seen a good point. I've seen that trend happening. I think, you know, obviously Miro is a counter argument to that right now. Right. Um, and he's been a, a million bucks. But, you know, we've talked about it with I just you have the visual of seeing Aval uh, you know, Cesar Bononi, this big tough dude get knocked out by OC is tough, right? That's a tough, that's a tough one to see. Um, sure. because I think that Boni, you know, Cesar could be presented as the, the big bad of that group that adds legitimacy to him. I don't think that that's going to, I mean, the wingmen right now are what you just think that they're kind of like a comedy act at this point. I, it is, but it's going to work. They're I mean, working. They're, they're right? going to get, they're going to get fans to win them or, you know, the fans are going to love them. The, the over the top ridiculousness. I mean, you talk about, I hate to cross compare, the new day was so over the top ridiculous. Right. The fans just ate them up, but right. the, I mean, they could back it up in the ring. They're fantastic in the ring. And so if you start to get some W's under them, get some cool tandem moves, You're right. have Cesar be this dominant beast. 
keep the comedy going mm-hmm. and it's going to work and you're going to quickly have one of the hottest baby face teams in AEW. I love that answer. I love <laughs> that answer. And you're selling the, somehow you're trying to, to poach the wingmen from team heel over <laughs> to team baby face. I'm not going to allow that to happen. Not on my watch, my friend. Not on It'll my be watch. a natural transition because yeah. they're going to get so over. I, I hear you. I think that just they're, they're not like just their willingness to go all in and sure. laugh at themselves yeah. and do whatever it takes to entertain fans. I think that that's what's making them feel like you just said that the, it's you don't want to always do the cross comparisons between companies, but the New Day is a great comparison. Like naturally yeah. getting themselves over just by being hilarious and being themselves. I love over that. The top. Yeah, it's it's gonna work and it's, it's working. working. It's and working. The spray tan had me cracking up. I can't <laughs> wait for that to be a part of their gimmick. I love that. Oh, uh, speaking of spray tans, I mean the elite are well known for getting their spray tans as well. Um, in a a fun segment, honestly. You know, I, I tweeted about it on our our Twitter. I was like, everyone needs to have a Don Callis oh, in their corner to just just to pump them up and just to just to be a smooth talker and to be in you know be in your corner, and just be like, come on, come on, get them, get them, get them. And so we got we had a segment where uh, Jungle Boy was supposed to have a promo, and then Kenny interrupted him and that he and told him that he oh. packed a, he packed a picnic for him and a knuckle sandwich, and so he wanted. You know, was just begging for Jungle Boy to to hit him, and so <laughs> yeah, I love that they're they needed to have some something like this to kind of just to push this for oh. sure. Um, but just Don Callis to me stood out the most. I mean, Kenny Omega's like over the top ridiculousness is, is is so funny and so like such a different element than what we're used to uh, coming out. You know, being you know the baby face and like almost like all business and like get the to it, but just machine. Yeah. yeah, which is love that part of him but this just over the top ridiculousness is is so entertaining oh i mean God. i don't know who's more all three of the guys i mean young bucks and kenny taking this whole new persona and elevating it more than i could have ever imagine and they're they're killing it don Callis yeah. is the the number one mvp wild card in this group as well I, I i hear you you would like bonds every time i read bonds's column too he always talks about don Callis. it's it, he's don is so integral and just his, his commentary yeah. throughout this promo when Kenny uh, when Kenny was getting the sneak attacks in had me cracking <laughs> up I love Don Callis he's absolutely on point and you know this whole th- thing felt like a the, the the workings of the invisible hand they just sure. the way that it was played out you know it was obvious from the get-go that Kenny was trying to goad the calm you know what's wild here is that Kenny is the champ and he's like jonesing right he's like he's he's itching and JB is this calm, cool, collected young kid. And you could tell Kenny's trying to get him rattled, and he can't seem to rattle Jack Perry. I love that. I think that that's really smart presentation of this, how this has gone. Right. This, this whole thing was absolutely fantastic. I, I thought that Kenny was hilarious when he was talking about, I want, I want to get all up in that. I want to get all up in that, Jungle <laughs> Boy. You know, I, will, I was dying laughing listening to that. And, and, I, and I just think that these two naturally right now, SPD, I know that you were worried about when we first saw the way that this feud could go. Jungle Boy, can, can he hang on the mic or in a presentation-wise with Kenny? Can he right. hang with Kenny? You know, the way that AEW is allowing this to go, that's – you know, a lot of it's about making your words matter, making those things – like he, right. when he has the opportunity, he's delivering. He doesn't need to cut these epic promos. Kenny – let Kenny do his thing. Let Kenny talk his head off and let JB be the guy who's sure. – 
who's not rattled, but the mind games from Kenny Omega and Don Callis aren't affecting him. I love that. I love how this is going. Definitely, again, an example of both sides coming out looking better in the end. I really am liking this like craziness going on in, in Kenny Omega, too. I hope we see – I mean – in terms of pure wrestling, this match is going to be probably one of one of the best. We're probably going to it could be a match of the year contender, in my opinion. You know, yes. we've seen what Jungle Boy can do. He's one of another one of those underutilized stars that we do just see the world out of him. Um, and so I think this we I don't want to overhype it, but I mean, I these guys will deliver on every aspect. It's going to be a match of the year contender for sure. Um, obviously, I still think well, not obviously, but I still think Kenny's going to retain. Um, but it would be fun to maybe have. This feud stretch a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Maybe have a tag match. See Luchasaurus back in action and stuff. You like, always like want that. Luchasaurus I do like involved. Luchasaurus, but it was the right decision. It was who I picked to win at uh, Double or Nothing for the the Battle Royal. And I know most people picked Christian Cage, but this this segue to a familiar feud with Christian mm -hmm. Cage and Matt Hardy, mm -hmm. um, I'm all aboard on this train for sure. I think it's. It's going to be great. I mean, Matt Hardy, he's trying to get them to retire, Cage to retire. I don't know if Cage is going to maybe recruit some reinforcements as well because obviously the heart HFO is is well stacked right now mm. and, you know, against all odds. And it was really funny, big money Matt, you know, sliding him his retirement check fund. And so his ultimate goal, we have a feud with the history behind it. And now we have a goal of what – Hardy wants to do with it. So they're telling the story. You know, a lot of feuds are like, okay, why are these people fighting? Why or whatever? But now that Hardy laid it out for him, he wants to end him. He wants to retire. He wants him to get out of here. You know, essentially there's only room for one of us here. So it works so well. And I think we're going to get some um, awesome, brutal matches out of this. And it was kind of surprising though, you know, when we're, as we're looking through uh, Bond's column, he gave this one a delete. What did yeah. you, what do you think about this segment? Well, I think that Bond's just kind of, when, when I was reading it over this morning, I felt like, you know, to speak on his behalf, make sure you check that column out. But, yes. you know, Bond, I think is really just confused as to the, the, the way that this was, it, it didn't feel as tight as it could have been. Watching it this morning, I feel, I feel differently. I think again, a pre-show, I, I felt, I felt when I was watching this, um, I like that Christian kind of got suckered into the cage by Matt Hardy and his yeah. crew. It, all, it almost felt like an, like an episode of Batman that I was watching as a kid. You know, Batman comes rushing in and he gets t locked in a cage, and then you have the you know the penguin or whoever outside. Yeah. Basically, this was an opportunity for Matt Hardy to have Christian locked in, and and Matt was able to deliver the message that you talked about clear without mm -hmm. any repercussions he made sure. it very clear you're not welcome here christian you know like i, I you know and, and i really enjoyed i thought it worked well i thought that the presentation of this worked well cage right. you could tell wanted to get you know his hands on matt he couldn't he was locked in that side of that cage the bunnies cackle oh throughout. my gosh Again, that was a felt crazy like cackle it, this felt like a, a superhero type of thing to me with christian and i and i liked that a lot i thought you know her her laughing maniacally in the background you see matt hardy and his thugs you know get the better of christian in this this one how will our hero come out and and fight back you know will he will he take the offer and will he leave or is this the last right. of christian cage you know i think that like your idea of potentially having him get some reinforcements makes a lot of sense yeah um you know and that could be an opportunity that if if jb has to pivot from his feud with kenny you, you already saw him trying to help out christian 
uh, right. based off their mutual respect with each other after the, the, the Rumble. Um, that could give Luchasaurus, your buddy Luchasaurus, and and JB uh, a place to go where you could have you know them feuding against Private Party. Though that could lead to some great yeah, matches right for there. Sure. That's a good I really segue love what sure. Private Party's doing. I think that could be a really fun way to get all four of those teams involved in something. Yeah. So, but that said, I think overall SPD, I, I think that this one works. Um, and, and I I disagree with Bonds on this. I don't mean to be Mister Positive, but I really feel like Matt Hardy, the HFO, that they're onto something, and they, that gimmick has been. I know I'm preaching to the choir when I say that they've been great, right? Oh, that gimmick, Matt Hardy's gimmick versus the, you know, his older delete, which I, I mean, he's had so many awesome gimmicks, but this yes. new one, the big money Matt works so well to be this, this, you know, egotistic suit wearing guy, just telling his, his dogs to go fight. And the yep. way he kind of embraced a uh, private party, a young, almost a similar Hardy boys type of team. Uh, it works so well, and it's so smart for AEW to pair them together for sure. Great but call. Speaking of, we had a debut of Barack <clears throat> Anderson. Yeah. Oh, a big sigh out of gonna, this one. I'm going to so. need another coffee for this one. Bro. Oh, this one a big sigh out, out of this one. So Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson debut match uh, versus the factory QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Um, we here at Dynamite Download are, are huge Factory and QT Marshall reignite fans. I've been loving QT. Um, that being said, and I know Bonds, we're all kind of on the same page. Like the the booking of this is is tough. For first off, let's talk about the match, and then we'll talk about like what we see with the with this with the the Factory and all that. But you know, for Brock's debut, um, I thought he was pretty smooth in the ring. I thought he was fast in the ring. Um, you know, I think he would benefit from more uh, storytelling with more emotion in the face and more emotion with your body language. I mean, that will come with experience for sure. Mm -hmm. And you can see a clear difference with QT and Cody and even Aaron Solo, just the way they present themselves emotionally and body language and storytelling with that. But, you know, I think he was for a debut match. He did very well. He held his own. Um, but the spine buster by QT Marshall was almost like the nail in the coffin to me where he's just like, boom, put you down and right in front of Arn Anderson's face. I was like, I love that aspect of that. The second half of this match was all over the place. High energy. Cody was fantastic. That Canadian destroyer off the top, the high spots, the false finishes, great moves by all four guys. So the, the second half of the match definitely had the redemption factor of it. I really liked it. Um, what was confusing was, I mean, I support the win to push this uh, with Brock, but I would have rather had the factory stand tall with QT pinning Brock. That way it's kind of more leading into the more momentum into the, the July 7th South Beach strap match personally. Um, but what I found interesting was at the end of the match, Cody was essentially kind of looking on from a distance with while uh, Brock's hand was raised with Arn. You know, Cody wasn't in there celebrating like he typically does. Um, so you want to know what why? You, what you want to know why? Yeah, tell me why. Because it's all about Cody, man. It's all oh, okay. about Cody. This whole feud is is this is all it's all about Cody. That's it's it's obvious how where this one's going, dude. Like Bonds has been. I, th I think Bonds is frustrated uh, i think a lot of fans are fr i think we here at dynamite download are feeling a lot of the emotions that a lot of other fans are feeling right now because we feel like 
Cody is clearly the the good guy of this one, but there's so many things that are happening in this feud, the way it's going, that I feel like my emotions are being played with. I do. I feel like it's a roller coaster for sure. I, I feel like you know Cody is the good guy, but he does a lot of things that make me feel like, dude, I don't know. Like he, you know, he he like he bragging about beating Anthony Agogo, who's only been doing this for you know a fraction of what he's been doing. I just hmm. the QT. I think QT. And I think it's also a big compliment to QT Marshall, who I will be more than happy to compliment. Uh, the character, char- we are big fans of him. The character work that that QT is doing is compelling stuff, man. It makes you want to root for him. You you bring up he's like where he brings up these points, and it's like, yeah, nepotism is working in this scenario. Like, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, some of this stuff is happening. Some real talents are being brushed aside because of that, you know. And it makes you it, ma- it makes you start to connect with. All right, well, QT's on to something here. Sure. Um, and, and if that's the case, the reason why I'm still the last one holding out hope on this feud is because our interactions with QT on social have been, and Anthony Agogo <clears throat> at, at points, have been really great. And it's been awesome sure. to interact with those guys. Um, I feel like there's a quote that they said to me that has stood out throughout all this. It was, it's always been about the war. They, right. they, they said, you know, Cody could get these wins in the battle, uh, but it's always been about the war. And when I look at, all right, maybe the night, maybe the, the factory are taking some, some L's right now. Maybe they're, they're looking weak, but in the end, if they can get that big win at the, at the end of this war, if, if QT Marshall can win in that, that South beach strap match, then they can walk out with their heads held high, you know. He has but to. You think that that's where I start to have questions. Does QT Marshall win in that South Beach strap match? That is a big question to me because I feel like it makes sense to me. Make that happen and let that mm-hmm. be the the like the visual that we see. But I don't know, SPD. I, I, I don't know. I, I like it's hard to bet Dude. against Cody Rhodes. It is hard to bet against Cody. I love Cody, um, but I'm also more of a fan right now of what the work with Agogo and QT Marshall are doing, specifically those two. So, and I'm very disappointed in the booking so far. There needs to be some kind of big redemption and does momentum. That, does that pay it off for you if if QT wins that South Beach Strap match? It's a step that- in the right direction. It's not the it's not the redemption aspect that we're looking for yet. So, step one would be step winning one that match. Step one for SPD. Get so, if, if they All lose right. that, I'm constantly giving, you know, here's another chance. Here's another chance. I want I want the best. I want the best. I want the best out of the factory. But it's constantly like disappointment, loss, disappointment, loss, disappointment, loss. Then they build you up with a cool, you know, great promo last week from QT and then the attack and then another loss. It's like, you know, obviously QT didn't get the pin, but in order to, to give the factory some – credibility they need to get some wins and make a statement man and they're bonds, quickly bonds becoming it, yeah the bonds squashers said, bonds has bonds said that they've been nexus and you know i think that it can be if he gives himself a little he has a little bit more faith in himself yeah he did a booking by bonds that talked about how you save the factory and i think that we need to be patient i if and this is how booking by this is how booking by crayfish would do it but at yeah. the south beach please strap, tell me at the south beach strap match I would have an, a return. Anthony Gogo has been off TV for a long time now, ever since he lost that match at Double or Nothing. I'd have a returning Anthony Gogo knock out Cody, and then QT Marshall just whip 
just whipping Cody viciously with that belt, dude. Like, just you know beat, he can take it. And Cody's taken it in the past, right? So you have QT, just the visual, and then they're talking trash to like the, the you know they're talking trash to Cody. QT's whipping him. You get that visual. Lean into what Bonds talked about. Then you have uh, you know Brock Anderson come out to try to make the save. Lee Johnson, and then you and you have the factory dismantle them. In that street fight, Ogogo looks like a beast again. He gets that he gets that punch knocking out. Maybe he takes out he takes out uh, Shoddy Lee, right? Or you Arn. have these you have these visuals, right? Nick Camarado versus Arn Anderson, our Arn Anderson's boy Brock would be great. Beat yeah. up beat up Arn Anderson himself, right? Like have right. that happen, right? Like there's a lot that you could do there, and I still think that there's a lot of meat left on the bone in this story if. They go down that path. If if QT and the factory lose at this one, it's done. It's over with. That's the nail in the coffin. Yeah. It's over. But if you believe in the factory, like I do, if I you agree. believe in QT Marshall and what they're doing, like I do, SPD, I feel like this is the chance that they can salvage it. And and again, the visual that you have here has to be convincing. I think you and I are are hundred percent on the same page with that. In order for them to get that heat back. In order for this to feel important again, it needs to be something dramatic. It needs to be impactful. It Watch needs that. to be right. There needs to be just an absolute merciless beating happen. And you know, I think Which that they Cody, gave the first time they formed. I know. Go back to the, the don't you know? Go back to the well, man. Tap into it again. Either that, or you put you take old Yeller out back. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I would be old I would Yeller be bummed. I would be bummed to see that because I think that the factory, you know. I think the factory has delivered every time they've been called upon. I think that QT yeah. and his segment when he did the the sit down interview with Doctor Melfi was um, awesome. Oh, um, it was fantastic. I think that Agogo has looked fantastic for even in the ring against Cody. He busted out a frog splash. I think that Agogo has been really a, a, a good. Again, this goes to me saying AEW needs to, to recognize there are some guys, big men that need to be protected. Agogo is one of those guys. Uh, Camarado losing in the, the the bull rope match. Yeah, the like there, you gotta be you gotta be careful. You gotta keep, make sure some of these big guys feel important and feel special. I think that the factory has a lot of talent, and I love what they're doing. SPD that, that I will be glued to the TV. I will wear my QT Soprano bowling shirt that night for good luck. Yes, because. For the sake of QT's career and the factory, they need to win that match. They need to beat the hell out of Cody Rhodes. And I'll wear that lucky shirt hoping that he comes out on top. I agree with you. I mean, that that is the turning point. It's either the make or break point for sure because we – QT Marshall and Anthony Agogo are two stars that this company are going to ride on. And what they're doing right now is fantastic work, and they need to get rewarded for it. And so they need to go on this run and just and just dismantle people. And it'll start with the Nightmare Factory. You know, put them out for a while. Put put Cody on maternity leave. You know, do that. So yep. um, I hope I'm hoping for it. So, anyways, that's that's a uh, a sore subject I know for a lot of us. It hurts here at to talk about. It, it does. Thank you for bringing up something that I can be excited about because it does hurt to talk about QT struggling like that because I love that guy. <laughs> So Andrade El Idolo is clearly taking um, that flare blood and running with it, looking styling and profiling and just his presence, man. The sit-down interview with Jim Ross, I mean, the, the video 
package beforehand with the mask. I mean, that that mask is look is scary. Here, I got a photo of it. It's a cool looking mask, very evil esque looking mask. Um, we got which we were hoping for. Um, almost in our pre show, we were talking like we wanted a direction with Andrade and we wanted a match booked. So the only thing we didn't get was a match booked, but he did give us some more direction. Oh, yeah. Which is nice. So finally, oh, yeah. we did get some direction. He's here for gold, whether it be Miro or the, the world title or any, you know. So when we see him first in the ring, I'm hoping very soon. He did tag gold with Danny Limelight. That was Danny's choice for tag partner. I know. Right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. In our interview with him, make sure to so, check that out on Dynamite Download. It was a great interview. A lot of fun with Danny Limelight. But Andrade gave us the direction, looked great. Um, JR did a great job. And um, what do you see coming next from? Like, where do you go next with this? Do you have another promo or do you finally get him in the ring? Or do you have no. him kind of like interrupt something, maybe show up after the main event versus Kenny and Jungle Boy or something like that? That would be a nice, that would be a really nice uh, move, SPD. I like that call. I like that a lot. Um, obviously, I think with with the way that he was presented here, it, it's clear to me, man. They know how to do Andrade on a big scale. Uh, WWE, right. they, I, they didn't learn from what they did in NXT with Andrade. Um, yeah, you, you have to have him paired with like a, a strong manager, or in these moments, give segments that make him feel. This was a sit-down segment that made Andrade feel special. He didn't do anything other than present himself as a superstar right. like you talked about i mean th this is where this is how you you recognize we have an international superstar here you don't have him go out and like do do things that expose maybe areas where he struggles you save his moments of greatness and make him feel special right. and that's what andrade he feels so special already on the AEW. like this debut is going to be epic um so for me, I, I'm I'm excited about it. I think Andrade is the type of guy too. In ring wise, SPD, you're you're only seeing what he's doing on a character side. Sure. That, some of the best things that Andrade is capable of is, is inside the squared circle, my friend. I mean, this guy and, and the way that they're they're already presenting him. Matt Kenny Omega is in, is on the horizon. Miro is on the horizon. You're Oof. gonna tell me that you're not excited about Miro versus. Andrade, like you're gonna oh, tell me, sure. like the, the the hype is real, my friend. <laughs> I, I I'm already like the way that he's coming in, mm -hmm. he feels like the big deal that he is, and that's what you that's the the underlying message of this the segment that I got was, yeah, they're they're not gonna slow play Andrade. They are going to push him to the absolute. He's not gonna go through what Christian's going through, where he comes right. in as a hot debut and kind of does some mid-card stuff and kind of – no. Andrade is going to come in and he's going to instantaneously be a top guy in AEW, and, and I'm excited to see it. That's that's for sure. I can't wait. I, I really hope – yeah, the, the more I was talking about, like he's got to have some kind of like presence felt. You know, like mm -hmm. immediately if, if – or, you know, when Kenny loses – or, excuse me, when Kenny wins, you have Andrade lurking there. Maybe like even that. show up with the mask on. And, and looking from a distance i like and that then it's like fade to black like that so yep whew, that would be that'd be a lot of fun but let's talk this this segment next we're going to talk about it is going to be a, a broad one we're going to talk about the women's match we're going to talk about miro and then we're going to talk about dmd all in this but we saw julia hart make her uh dynamite debut which i think and penelope before back in the ring 
I think this pairing with the varsity blondes works so well. I mean, you got obviously like the varsity athletes with the cheerleader. I mean, you got this young, young, young team is uh, really well done. And mm-hmm. I, you could tell the experience difference level, which is it was fine. You know, Penelope Ford looked fantastic in the ring. You know, I think this was one of her better matches overall. Good and once she had that. to carry, once she, she definitely carried uh she was the glue of this match unfortunately the whole you know picture in picture again which we talk about but her ring in ring stuff has been great you know i know you know her match versus statlander like that was a cool feud but i didn't think she performed to her level in that match but this match her being able to lead the charge to call the shots to to get the win uh really showed what she's capable of and 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 a, a vital piece to the division you know, really strong. I really liked her her, her presentation here. I, I like hearing you say that, man. Um, I agree with you. You know, when we heard when we saw Statlander against Ford, it was almost like Ford's role in that was just to get destroyed, right? And yeah, and it almost undercut what she's capable of. You know, we I've been saying it from the early on in the presentation. You know, Ford has an it factor. She yeah. just she has an it factor. That, you know, she's exciting to see whenever she's on screen. Um, it really like it works, and she also can throw some like killer hurricane ranas, man. And and mm-hmm. so the bursts that we've been able to see her get those moments have typically been yeah. more good than bad in AEW. Sure. Now again, in the landscape of what AEW is trying to do in the women's division, you know you see Thunder Rosas and Serena Deeb, and you you know you start to see these names of wrestlers that are. At at and, and you even a Jade Cargill with how big and dominating she is, sure. Penelope Ford's not going to jump out at you as a top title contender, right? But when you look at when you get opportunities like this to see her, like you said, carry this match, right? As a sure. veteran, as a veteran, you get to see wow, like Penelope's been around the game for long enough. She's not like so she's not wet behind the ears. This girl knows how to go, like she knows how for to sure. go. She knows how to keep like. She knows how to keep a match fluid on a big stage. I mean, again, on national television mm-hmm. um, against an 18-year-old, right? Like, I felt like this was a really great match overall in that sense because it gave me a, an opportunity to look back and say, all right, like, Penelope is somebody who deserves to be on this roster. Again, like yep. like you said, if you're going to make the women's division become even bigger, you need to have depth to that division. Having Penelope Ford – feel and be presented in this way where she looks strong in the match. She definitely was in control the majority of this match. Presenting her as somebody who is legitimate is not a bad thing. And on the other side of the ring, you know, you got Julia Hart who, let's be real, I mean, she's 18 years old. How much experience can she have? I know. Right? No matter how athletic you are. She's a kid, but but just like we've seen with her, the the pairing of Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman, and Julia Hart – this crew, it, they're young and they have so much potential. Like yeah. it's 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 genuinely exciting to see them all paired together because they work off each other really well. Right. I really love how like Griff is presented as almost kind of the raw, energetic, fun one of the group. Brian Pillman almost has that more like even though he's young, almost has that like grittier attitude, like a little bit more like steady. Um, and then Julia Hart is really like the, the energy from this girl, the, the joy, the positivity is no wonder she's a two time national champion, baby face. yeah, two time national champion in, in, in a cheerleading. 
it's obvious they work together so well. Sure. They look they look great together. I know SPD, you love like the cohesive baby blue and black vibe that they have yeah. going for a color scheme. They really, you could tell the this crew has something together. And so I liked them being rings. I liked them being like there to help her at the end, um, you know, kind of cheering her on from the from like watching Penelope unfortunately dominate her most of that match, but giving her that energy to keep coming back for more. Um, really thought that this match worked, man. And then to set the stage for Miro, kind of weird transition with Miro coming back into this the, like the, yeah. the fray here. But it worked. At the end, it, in the end, it worked, right? You now you get Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's going to be a really great opportunity for for the young Pillman um, to to show what he's capable of, and he's going to get a huge opportunity against Miro. I would also love to see the other half of the Varsity Blondes get a shot at, at Miro. I think that Griff Garrison against Miro would be a lot of fun too, because Griff's a big kid, man, sure. and I think that that would be. I, I just think that although a little interesting segue. It worked, right? It was an interesting segue, and I think it will be more of a after this kind of maybe forgotten that he kind of came out, not necessarily to uh, Penelope's aid, but it's it's a nice placement to put Miro on a card that wasn't featuring him. And we've talked about like who can he, you know, just go through to just kind of get wins, you know, title defense, title defenses, and so obviously like the dream matches we talked about in the past, but like this makes sense to put Pillman and then you could throw it, run it back with Griff just kind of as the, as the stepping stone to maybe further, bigger, larger feuds. So it definitely worked. Uh, Miro's comments were great. You know, he's the God's favorite champion. <laughs> so he's always fun on the mic and just a complete dominance. So this worked really well at the end of uh, that match. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, one that Penelope Ford carried, and she deserves a lot of credit to carry. Um, and I think I'd be more interested in seeing more of her matches versus more of a Red Velvet match, personally. And so even put those two together, but I think she carried it very well. But after the match, once all those shenanigans, I knew, I mean, it just set, set up a, set up the future feud yeah. with Pillman and Miro. Yep. But we got to hear from our resident uh, favorite, DMD, really quick. And Vicky interrupted um and she announced that she's going to be in the ring uh yeah up. she's going to be wow. tagging with the native beast and actually you know put on her ring boots again so do you actually see her <laughs> i loved how dmd was like i'm not playing games i'm not playing old maid or old anything maid. you know those little yeah. shot do yep. you see vicky getting in the ring throwing some punches and throwing some stuff or do you think she's just kind of let her her talents uh do the work how funny would this match be if like the whole match it was just rebel versus vicky and, and and Brit and Nyla didn't tag in at all. It was just Rebel versus Vicky the whole time. That would be funny to me. I laugh. I'm laughing, but no, honestly, you know, we've really struggled with the conversation with all right, like, all right, as the resident heel of this team and yeah. the DMD fanboy, I'm having a hard time letting her go to the babyface side. I, 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 it's really, it's, it's tough for me. It's and, coming and, though, and, and I see, I see it happening, and I think her going against Nyla. Um, is anybody who goes against Nyla is automatically looked at as kind of get that underdog babyface kind of vibe. Um, not, I don't know, man. I, I, this promo worked as always. Brit, whenever Britt is in a segment, it usually works. She's always fire on the mic. Um, her lines, even though it was just brief, they hit. Um, 
where they go with this match, it will be interesting because I think that Rebel is putting in work. I think she's going to be she's capable of more than what we're what we're uh, we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you have to have this. This is going to just continue to be more of a tease for Britt versus Nyla in the ring. I think that you need to like whenever Nyla tags in, Britt needs to tag Rebel in. Um, right. I, I would love to see some sort of character work in that to, to allow this to be pre- kind of. Um, preserved and and uh allow that nyla versus brit match to have its own stage um let brit do her her typical like her stuff we saw during the thunder rosa anytime the thunder was going to get her hands on her brit ran, brit ran away For sure. um that would be interesting um i don't know man like i i'm the tag match how, how does it feel for you because I, I for me the DMD, I know I'm biased all the, all the time, and so maybe I'm I'm looking at it from a different lens. How do you view it? You know, just reading some of the comments here, I mean, I, I do agree Vicky has some kind of plan. So there will be some kind of recruitment or some kind of shenanigans. I still feel like Brit Brit's team will get the win, but at the end, she won't stand tall. Mm-hmm. And that'll really, if Vicky does you know, get her a recruitment and start, you know, after the bell beating up and, and leave them laying down. That's just going to essentially get the ink ready to give the stamp of baby face approval. You know, essentially you're leaving your heel. If you're having fans boo Nyla and with a beatdown of the DMD, you're getting that ink nice and ready to stamp that baby face. So, so I don't know. It's, it's, it'll be it's interesting. Big loss. It was big kind loss of a surprise, but it, I think they have something that we don't expect. What to expect on this? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that like it's very hard to predict. It is. It is. I think like you know you're gonna from what I'm seeing, um, Britt's gonna be challenged in a different way to carry this like her side of this feud because I feel like you know it's gonna she's her her tactics of heel like her typical they're gonna be flipped on themselves. I, I just yeah. don't see her playing the same role in this feud that she's played in the past, right? Like, um, I do agree with you. I think that this is going to be a quick tra- – like, I think Nyla just is, is going to be the dominant force that she is. Yeah. And it, it, putting Britt on her heels this way, um, I hope that they – I hope they don't let her lose her edge. That's all. I just hope they don't let Britt lose her edge because I feel like that's what makes her special. She has to keep some of that edge. For sure. She's selling yeah. T-shirts as it is, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> For sure. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. As we wind things down, we're going to talk about the, the main event, our top performers, and then uh, right off into the sunset to the weekend. But our six-man tag team main event, Penta, Eddie, and Frankie, and the Good Brothers plus one half of the tag team champions, Matt Jackson. But before this, earlier in the show, we saw an absolute fire promo from Frankie Kazarian. Man, that guy – was quoting Bible verses. His new persona is probably like my favorite that I've seen him in AEW uh, as the elite hunter. And so I really enjoyed this promo. Obviously, Eddie can talk to talk, but he almost let um, Frankie have the spotlight. He and did. boy, did he spit some fire for sure, man. Yeah. That that pre-match promo earlier in the show, uh, really, really enjoyed that. And, and it helped 
us set the stage for the main event. In it's this a great visual event. right there too, man. Yeah, that's another high visual. energy, fun main event. I mean, I think the two people that's, that stood out the most was, you know, getting the pin, Carl Anderson, Machine Gun, and Penta. I think those two guys would be fun. Another a one-on-one match down the line, maybe eventually if the Good Brothers do kind of stay in um, AEW. But I thought uh, Penta was as great as always. Um, and, of course, in the conniving heel, conniving. ego conniving, yeah. Uh, egotistic heel fashion, they cheat to win again. So, how many times are we going to get a cheat to win out of the the young bucks with their title retain? When are we going to get a clean match? Well, that's something. That? Yeah, I mean, that's something that Bonds booking by Bonds this week, guys. You got to go to the column this week because that is Bonds' biggest. You know, he takes it and runs with it. You know, the question that I've had watching AEW television. There you is, go. You know who dethrones the elite? Who who finally takes these guys down? And I think that. You're starting to see, um, like the Avengers, like I've talked about these, these <laughs> the group, Avengers, this group right. coming, this group coming together to take down the elite. Um, I really am curious to see, and again, because even though we love the heel young bucks, we all love heel young bucks. They're phenomenal. This this trope of the, the constant interference, the shenanigans, the ref, like the ref stuff, it is. You gotta be careful because it's starting to it's starting to even irk a, a heel guy like me. Right. I, so, I think that you know you gotta have somebody break through and be able to overcome all the odds, the the cheating, the the ref you know distractions, the the numbers game. Somebody's got to come through and emerge, right. and, and that's where it's starting. Like we're we're starting to question if not this group, if it, if it's not Moxley and. Pac and Penta and and Kazarian, then who? You know, like it, it it in Kingston, like you got all these people coming together that are bona fide superstars in AEW. Sure. If they can't take down the elite, then who can? Right? It, it's really becoming a story where these guys just seem to always find a way to to sneak out of victory. And and I love the, what the Bucks are doing. I think that they're hilarious. I love what the Elite is doing. That like if we were if I was allowed to, the Elite would have been my top performer of the night because I felt like Kenny's promo work earlier in the night. Don Callis was absolutely gold. Yes. Um and then with this main event, I, I personally feel like these guys know what's what it was working and what's connecting and what's clicking and man are they just going all in we talk about buckle up on a, a dynamite download they have the pedal to the metal full throttle on this trolling heel vibe they just they know it drives us crazy they know mm-hmm. it bugs us they know it like it's something we hate so they're doing it even more i, I love it it's absolutely hilarious to see happen it is i mean maybe whoever does ultimately take down the elite they need to steal that cold spray and start getting that maybe that's the the golden ticket they need to start spraying their bodies so they can really be uh they can be nice and chilled i I like it you know and and that's what we talk about right i mean like who can dethrone the elite we you know the hangman page earlier that segment tonight you saw like he almost so many of us are are assuming he's going to be the guy who dethrones kenny yeah when that was brought up when it like when, when his rankings were brought up you know, he really kind of skirted the question. You know, he, sure. he he wanted it to be more about the dark order and all the good stuff happening in the dark order and all this yep. stuff. And and it was obvious that he felt uncomfortable with the pressure on him. So, you know, I think that's another example of the long-term storytelling really playing into effect here. It makes us question, is Hangman the guy who's going to do it? He clearly doesn't believe in himself, even with the the helping uh, the help of the dark order. 
you know, you could tell Pac is is right there. Every time he gets a chance mm-hmm. against Kenny, he gets screwed out of it. Um, I really love this uh, the elite and their manipulative ways of trying to keep the the everybody under their thumb. I, I think it's 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 showing Don Callis too in a light that's like he's the master manipulator. He's he's the puppet master. He knows sure. what he knows how to play the game, and it's it's com- creating some of the most compelling AEW content that they've had since the the creation of this company. To me, I think that it's it's absolutely working. And we we're they're going to get to a point SPD where even a heel like me is going to be on your side. It's like. Let somebody beat these guys. I hate I them. They're going to make us hate them so much, and that's the goal, I think. That's the goal is to truly hate the Bucks and hate hate Kenny for cheating all the time. I think that's going to be the, the ultimate goal, and then then they'll pull the trigger. I already hate them so much. I like them. Uh, it makes me love them. Yep. Uh, just the ridiculousness for sure. But, uh, you know, the match itself I thought was, was a great match overall. You know, high spot, good way to end as well. Uh, but adding that, like you said, extra element of Don Callis on commentary is Always so essential. Do. It's like your hype man that's traveling with you everywhere you go, and he is the, the best. And so um, that was, you know, a good main event. Um, you know, they haven't announced essentially what's next for Young Bucks because this was a quick pivot after last week's loss, you know, mm-hmm. with the Young Bucks and Cutler mm-hmm. versus – which was a great match. And this quick pivot. So, ne- like, what's next? Like, you know – where do you go from here with these guys in terms of do you pitch another team against them? Do you have another six man? Do you have a singles match? Like what would you do next for the young bucks uh, specifically just those two guys? Well, I think that the long-term, <clears throat> the long-term money is like we talked about earlier in the show, it's Santana Ortiz. So for, from us to get to the young bucks to Santana Ortiz at all out, you need to have, you need to have something at least one new contender emerged during that time right. period that really is legitimate. And I think that the writing for me comes off of social media. I, I see yeah. what's happening. I see where these two teams are coming. They acclaimed in the, and the varsity blondes, you have the number one and the number two contenders. Both are really exciting, talented young teams, honestly um, very different, but everybody love everyone loves the acclaim. That's true. And you know, Varsity Blondes, I think, really are onto something. I think that the Varsity Blondes have a real connection with fans. Um, so I think if you have a mini feud between those two teams, you set that that up, they become the, – the winner of that one becomes the clear-cut number one contenders. <clears throat> they take on the Bucks. Bucks, again, somehow get the upper hand – um, and then that leads us to Santana Ortiz versus the Bucks down the road. To me, I feel like you got to have at least one more legitimate contender emerge between now and All Out. Um, and when I look at the landscape of AEW, I look at the ranking system. When I look at the landscape, I look at the ranking system. I yep. think that there's a there's. I'd like to see the acclaim to get another shot. I know I mean, I'm both team guys heel. have had a shot, so it would be nice. To, I mean, if you run it back in such a deep roster, maybe you. Just like, yeah, the winner of those two get a shot, one more shot or something, even though <clears throat> they've already had their shot at the Young Bucks. Right. It's hard. But what what I mean specifically, like, you need another team, but Eddie is not – doesn't seem like he's going to be going away anytime soon or Kazarian. So yeah, I feel like we're going to get another match run back again somehow and, and for the next couple of weeks. You know, like, Kazarian's not going to quit now that he's, you know, been dubbed the Elite Hunter. Right. I think that you're – I think that – in that sense of things, there is definitely a war that's brewing here, right? You have like the team Avengers that I talk about with Pac, Kingston, Moxley, right. 
Pac Kingston, Moxley, uh, Kazarian, you know, and and you have that whole crew that that's emerging Penta on that side that have been wronged by the elite. I think that you're going to see sort of similar things happening here where the elite are going to have these war. They're going to, they're going to have different variety of matchups. You're going to see Pac and Kingston go head to head with them. You're going to see, you know, like you said, Kazarian needs to be in the the hunt for that. I think Kaz and Kingston would be a really nice pairing. If you have Moxley kind of having some time to spend some time with his newborn baby, right? You could, you could keep this feud fresh. If you have Kaz, and Kingston go after the Bucks. That'd be a lot of fun, don't you think? I mean, that and that's and a, ultimately that's a bring tough back. Team. Ooh, I like but, that. I mean, if you talk about if we don't have PMP dethroning the Bucks, a returning Ray Phoenix with Penta, the Lucha Bros, all the number one deserving tag wow. team wow. Uh, would could could and should dethrone them if wow. in the cards are PMP not necessarily getting gold yet because I think we still need this this pinnacle inner circle feud milked i still think even if they don't win gold which we dream booking for them to win gold you know in front of the fans in new york city uh but even just them beating ftr main event non-gold in the grudge match in new york city would be as big a pop if they did one tag team you are on to something if they if they don't incorporate the inner circle with with gold at all, because then that essentially will will kind of branch away where inner circle is doing maybe two feuds or branching away from the pinnacle, which we don't want. Mm. Um, maybe you have the returning Ray Phoenix and the Lucha Brothers dethrone the Young Bucks. You are on to something <clears throat> there, brother. I, and then FTA, I and then, love yeah. that idea. I love that. Then you're setting, you're doing mutual storylines. You have yeah. the the returning Ray Phoenix. Uh, with Penta going against the Bucks and winning that, now that would be a home we didn't run. Even talk I, I think about that. Everybody would love the Lucha Bros. I love that idea. It's an awesome idea. <laughs> and then you have you you get that grudge match between Santana and Ortiz and uh, Pride. Like you get that against FTR. Fireworks. And that whoever wins that one becomes the number one contender. I love. And then you, oh my God, Santana Ortiz versus the Lucha Bros. That <sighs> sign me up for that. That's an awesome idea by you. I really like. Way, I like that idea a lot. I think that makes a lot SPD of sense. Book. I think if that would Phoenix work can come back, in a it sense. Fits, it, and it fits in the existing story. I sure. agree with you. I, I think that's an awesome call. Let's see if that happens down the road. I really Oof. think that that would make a lot of sense. And and talk about like then you get then you get the death triangle, Phoenix, Penta, and, and Pac with Kingston in the mix too. Like it's just like that all that. It's just really interesting how that could come full circle. Sure. I love this. That's a really great idea, man. Love where your head's at with this feud. Wow. Yeah, that would that would work so well. I just so, was talking about it. So who is your top performer from the uh, night? on cue right here? You know, in an interesting booking for both of us, our top performers both took Lost. L's. Yeah. But like you mentioned consistently, losing a match doesn't always lose momentum or lose credibility. And Warlow is the the AEW resident cage match fighter, and he's lost every single one, it's but true. he's been in every single one. Yep. Uh, well, except Blood and Guts. I mean, but that's a team one. Yeah. Uh, you could talk, but the well, one with he, Cody. He was in Blood and Guts. Yeah, he wasn't Blood and Guts, but they won. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, in singles matches versus cage, you know, he has. But man, the way he performed in an element that he's not necessarily used to, uh, you know, obviously training wise, he could do it. But the stuff that he showed in terms of you know, mixing the wrestling, the strength, the resilience, um, 
I think he did a fantastic job. Wardlow is uh, my top performer, and I think others would agree. You know, Hager coming out on top makes sense, and mm-hmm. I think he did great, but his element, but, but the performance Wardlow had um, to keep him looking as strong as he did, uh, that was my top performer easily. Yeah, and I think that the storytelling in that match was was on point too. I mean, Wardlow, the disrespect at the beginning where he wouldn't even look at Hager, and then yeah. at, the end, at the end he was ready to fist pump him. I, I think that there's <laughs> – I think that that was really great. And that's one of the reasons why I love Darby. I felt like the storytelling in his match tonight, you know, a handicap match could really go off the rails very quickly if it's not oh, for sure. put if it's not put in the hands of the right performers. Um, and I felt like Darby's offense, the just how scrappy he looked. When we look at did this did this match or performance in on Dynamite really fuel this character moving forward? Um, even though Darby came up short, I feel like this is one of those nights where this really added fuel to the Darby fire. It, it really like the, the coal in the Darby Express is hot, baby. We're running. <laughs> we are going 100 miles an hour on this thing, dude, because I really believe that Darby, his performance tonight against, and you know me, I love I love the best, the, the men the men of the year. I think that they're awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that both those guys have a lot of upside. But I love Darby's consistent performance in this match he, he really had nobody he didn't have sting out there with him it was all him and he went into the lion's den and i just felt like it was very compelling television to watch him continue to find creative fun exciting sure. ways to fight back um he, he never gave up and, and i really for me as a darby advocate i i love that i love seeing that in this in this presentation of dynamite tonight, I felt like bo- that was an, another example where both sides of that match came out looking better. Both of ours, it's very interesting. Both of our guys lost their matches. That's but tough I to think say we, too. We would both agree consistent in that those matches, both sides look great. And that, that, that is an example, right? It's, it's, it's great when you win, but if you can yeah. lose your match and still come in as a top performer, that says right. something that says something. That is huge for sure. I mean, but both guys well deserved. Darby Express, you're getting me. I mean, you are you're selling. You're pitching Darby like crazy, man. You'll I think yeah. you'll get me to come around eventually. But you make very very valid points. But looking forward, you know, watching that show. I know it's it's it was late and then we have a turnaround. But they announced five matches. Kind of kind of they didn't necessarily just say coming up, but they you had to pay close attention. Like the the 30th Dynamite or the 26th Dynamite, like which ones were going to be announced, but. I know we're going to get some pay-per-view quality matches uh, coming up, but of the ones announced, of, of these two, I'll ask you before we ride off in the sunset for the weekend, which one are you most looking forward to? Kenny Omega, Jungle Boy, or Sammy and MJF? These are back-to-back main events for the next two Dynamites that will be live in front of crowds, which are absolutely going to blow the roof off the place, both My of them. My God, dude. That is that – is Which like- one are you looking forward to the most? That is so tough to answer. Um, I know you're a, Mr. From, Analytical, and you need that time in, to digest. A, yeah, from an in-ring perspective, from an in-ring work perspective, I'm really excited to see Kenny versus Jungle Boy. I think that that's like a perfect example of the the present versus the the future. I yeah. think that it, like both guys, their in-ring work is going to be absolutely. That match is going to be phenomenal. I know that match is going to deliver without question. Um, from a story standpoint, standpoint though, I, I think that this, the MJF and Sammy match stands out. I think that's the one that, that really jumps out. I don't know, man. Um, why don't you answer first, and then I'll answer. Just because I am uh, – An inner circle mark. Go ahead. 
I always keep this with me. So, but you make the complete valid point. Yeah, in terms of pure wrestling, the Jungle Boy Kenny Omega will be fantastic. That'll be a, a absolute. Like I said earlier, it could be match of the year contender. But Sammy definitely can go with anybody. MJF yeah. is his storytelling in the ring is going to be you know better than anyone really can as well. So not only can he tell the story on the mic, but he can tell the story in the ring in true heel fashion. So. This is one that we've been wanting for. I'm I'm looking most forward to Sammy MJF because this is one that we've been wanting for. Sammy said no on to us on Twitter yes. that, that. Yes. and we've we've called it for months. We've been wanting it for months. Like of the Pinnacle Inner Circle, like the one. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint one, but this was one of the top ones we were looking forward to the most, and so. Uh, that one I think is going to be great. Man. Yeah, I'm grinning ear to ear because you know, hearing your answer, I think that you nailed it. I, I think for me, you know. Um, it's yes. Like I, I put it out there last week, Kenny versus jungle boy is a match that there are few people in AEW that I'd like to see go in the ring with Kenny Omega as yep. much as jungle boy. I think that match is going to be absolutely so much fun to watch. Of course. But um, MJF versus Sammy, the, just the stakes that are involved in that, um, the pride that's on the line, how personal that feud feels. Um, you know, Sam, we've talked about it. That's the money match of this feud in, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, you know, Sammy saying, I have no interest in that, in a match uh-huh. with, that, with him and stuff like that. It just, I think there's a lot there that, and again, that'll be a showcase of two young stars, team babyface, team heel will be represented very well. Um, I, I think that that one is going to be very compelling from a story standpoint. And I can understand it. It feels like the match we've been waiting for, for since the beginning of this year. I mean, like it really does. Can't wait, man. Dating back to when Sammy, Sammy smelled the weasel MJF out from the get go. Yep. That freaking weasel. MJF. He punched him right in the gut too. I, I love backstage. that. You know, it's, it's really quick. It's easy to forget because of all the content we've had between the pinnacle and inner circle. It's really easy to forget how great that drama was when MJF was infiltrating the inner circle before leading up to this and the compelling stuff that we got between Sammy and, and MJF back then, like you talked about the camera, the, the, the cell phone, you know, recording that rec- the, there was some great stuff. You almost forget um, because like yeah, you said, there's so I mean. much, there's stuff, so much content, but when you go back and watch this from the beginning and you think back on all the memories of just MJF getting weaseling his way into right. the inner circle and Sammy knowing about that from day one, I just think that this match has been literally almost a year in the making at this point. It's going to be something that I'm really excited to see come to fruition. Cannot wait. And you guys, once again, thank you. That wraps up our show. Thank you so much for joining us, for sticking through us. We love chatting with you guys in the chat and having you join us. It helps us out a lot. keeps us going as well. Yes. And for those of you guys who are watching on the recorded on our YouTube, thank you guys so much. But next week's Dynamite is Saturday night. Uh, Dynamite, and that means Friday is free. Looks like we might be bringing back Friday night flights and flights. I like it, baby. In typical form like fashion, you can join us uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, Friday night flights and fights, 10 p.m. in the Dynamite download time frame. We're gonna bring back. Send us. We'll send out all week. Talk with you guys on social. We're gonna give some, you know, some of your guys' topics we want to discuss. <clears throat> Obviously, discuss the upcoming next match and yep. uh, things. All AEW news. But I want to thank you guys for joining us and have a great weekend. Everyone be safe and check out our shirts, baby face or heel. You know you want in on this this heel action. You know it. <laughs>